Hello, everybody. <clears throat> Welcome back. This week is Pashas Achremois, and we're going to be talking about the halachas of Sefiras Haimer. There's a common misconception that if you missed one day, you've invalidated the mitzvah, and like there's no point to continue counting. So that's not true. The main opinion, the actual main halacha, is that even if you miss a day, it doesn't affect the remaining days. According to that opinion, even if you miss a whole week, you still count the next night, and you should, according to that opinion, you would count it with a bracha. Now, being that there is an opinion who holds that you do need to count all the nights, so as far as the bracha is concerned, we are stringent, we're machmer, and we refrain to make, uh, from making a bracha if we've missed a night. But that doesn't change the fact that the main opinion, according to halacha, is that even if you miss a night, you still are obligated to the mitzvah, and there still is a mitzvah. Well, women aren't obligated, but you still have a key. You could still be mekayim the mitzvah, and therefore everybody should cer- certainly still count. It's the same mitzvah whether or not you make a bracha. So although you can't make a bracha once you miss a night, but you're still a mitzvah of counting. So that shouldn't stop anybody from to con- continuing to count. Now, if someone forgot to count at night and then remembered during the following day so they should count as soon as they remember during the daytime without a bracha and then they can continue the following night then they can even continue counting with a bracha because they didn't miss a day they counted during the daytime they can't make a bracha when you count during the daytime but it works so that the next night you can continue counting with a bracha likewise if for whatever reason they counted one night without a bracha you can count the next night with a bracha because you counted. As long as you've counted, you have the benefit of an unbroken sphera and you can continue counting with a bracha as long as you don't miss one full day without counting. Um, someone asked me once if uh, someone forgot to count Thursday night, right? So then they remembered on Friday that they need to count. Then they had forgotten to count the previous night, but they had already been with Kabul, Shabbos. They had already made early Shabbos and and they had lit um, Shabbos Neris or Davind or however else it was that they were Mechabal. They were ready Mechabal Shabbos. So does that prevent them? Is that already considered like it's the next day? So the answer is that although one can bring Shabbos early and they can confer Kedusha Shabbos onto Friday, it doesn't change the actual day or of the month or of the sphere that it is. So it is permitted, permitted to count then, and then you can continue that night with the Bracha. So in short, if you forget tonight, which I hope no one will, but if you were to forget tonight and then remember tomorrow only after you've been Mechabal Shabbos, you should count, and then you can continue the following night, Friday night, you can continue counting with a bracha. Now, even if you remember that you forgot to count the previous night and you are then realized only after Shkia, which is about five to eight these days, um, you can... Uh, you can count then, even after Shkia, for like, you know, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes after Shkia, you can still count. And then again, you can continue counting uh, with a bracha the following night. If you're unsure if you counted the previous night, right? So in other words, now it's Thursday night, and you're not sure what happened Wednesday night. And you think you might have counted, but you're not 100% sure. So as long as you think you might have counted, you can also continue counting the following night with a bracha. 
And the reasoning for this is based on what I mentioned earlier, that really the main halacha is that even if you miss a night, you can continue counting with a bracha. And we just don't make a bracha because there's an opinion who holds that no, if you miss a night, you can't count anymore. So as long as we have any kind of reason to add to that, that you don't have a problem, which is you think... First of all, even if you miss a night, the main Allah is you can continue counting. And even, according to the other opinion, it's very likely that you did count last night. So we have an additional um, factor to factor in, then we say, okay, then you could just continue counting with a bracha, even though you're not 100% sure you counted last night. As long as there's a possibility that you counted the previous night and you, to suffolk, you're not sure, you can continue counting the following night and you could continue to make a bracha. When you count zero with or without a bracha, you're supposed to be standing. However, you are, you might say, even if you don't stand. So if you're in a situation where you think you won't remember later, like you're in a car and you're going to get home late, so then you can count then even though you are sitting. If you counted the wrong number, like you said, you know, the, on the, the night that you're supposed to say the tenth uh, of the Imer, instead you said it was the ninth said the wrong number, and immediately you realize that you made a mistake, so within a second or two you realize you made a mistake, you, could just, you don't have to even, you don't have to start all the way over from Hayyayim, you could just switch immediately to the, the correct number, which for argument's sake would be Lasara. So if you said Hayyayim Teshiyamim Shaheim Shavuayachad, and then you realize you made a mistake, you just change them right then and say Asara Yamim Shaheim Shavuayachad. Same thing, if you made a mistake with the weeks, and uh, it's important to check up the correct night before we even make the bracha because that's always the case. You're always supposed to know what you're going to be doing before you make a bracha and make the bracha having the correct thing in mind. Now, if you didn't realize right away and you made the bracha and you counted the wrong night and then 10 minutes later you, ha- you realize that you made the wrong night, it's, it's as if you didn't do the mitzvah at all. Counting the wrong night is, is not worth anything. So you would then have to count again with a bracha. Mamash says if you didn't count again, and if, if you don't only realize the next night that you counted the wrong night the previous night, it's as if you missed, you missed the night. But if you said the correct day, you just miscalculated the week, we need to say you said it was the 10th, but then you, said it, you, you messed up with your math and you said it's uh, one week and one day instead of one week and three days. So, so even though you messed up with the week's part, as long as you said the pro- proper day, that's that your yaitza with that, and you can continue counting with the bracha on the following night, and likewise, you wouldn't count again with the bracha, you would just say it again to the proper way. There's no difference um, between saying la'oimer and ba'oimer. I think mainly it's like nusach ashkenaz or nusach svard. Both of them are valid. So we all have heard that if you're asked what day it is, you shouldn't say the actual day if you haven't counted yet because that would prevent you from counting afterwards a bracha, because you've already been yaitzah by saying whatever day it is. So ideally what you're supposed to do is say the number that you said the previous night, and you should say last night was such and such. However, if you just if someone asks you what night is tonight, and you say, oh, tonight is 10, that doesn't count as... Um, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. If someone asks you what night is tonight, and you just said 10, you didn't say tonight is the 10th, then that's nothing. It's only if you say tonight is the 10th, then uh, that's a problem. But well, you just answer the question, you say a number, being that you yourself haven't defined what that number is, you haven't said tonight is the 10th or haven't said it's the Imer, then that, that's not a problem at all. So you technically could just say that. You could say a number. But the best thing is to say the previous night. 
After saying the Omer, we say Harachaman. And according to one opinion, the reason why we say this Harachaman because this mitzvah, Minatayra, really is only applicable at the time of the Beis HaMikdash. When they brought the carbon Heimer, that's what this means, Sviras Heimer, is we start counting from when the carbon Heimer was brought. The carbon Heimer was brought the second day of Pesach. And the mitzvah is to start counting from the carbon Heimer to, to Shuas. And being that we don't bring the carbon Heimer, so therefore in Atayra we don't have the mitzvah, it's Midrach Banan, and that's why we say, Harachaman, you should bring back the Beis HaMikdash so that we could do this mitzvah properly. And another reason is that since we mentioned the Aymer, so we doubt that we should have the Beis HaMikdash to be able to bring the Aymer carbon once again. <clears throat> In uh, Parashas Achrei Mois, there's a Pasuk, that part of this Pasuk is very well known. The Pasuk says, You should keep my Chukim, which is my commands, and my Mishpatim, which are the mitzvahs, generally the financial mitzvahs, monetary mitzvahs, but in this case, this passage, it refers to any mitzvahs, really. That if a person does those mitzvahs, he will live with them or live in them. What does it mean, that you will live with these mitzvahs? So there's actually a halacha, a very important halacha, which is learned from this word, that you shall live. And this is the source that pikuach nefesh comes before all mitzvahs, that when there's this life and death situation, you do not keep any mitzvahs. You save a person's life. You're Mechal Shabbos, uh, Treif, whatever it is you need to do, you do in order to save a person's life with the exception of the three cardinal sins, Avavadu Zara, Shechazamim, murder, and Gilearayim. But all other mitzvahs, we learn from here, V'chai Behem, you should live with mitzvahs, not die. That's the halacha that's learned from these words. But the fact that this is the halacha only emphasizes the simple understanding of what the Pasik is actually saying. Mitzvahs give us life. V'chai bahem. We live in or we live with mitzvahs. So how is it? What is it referring to? So Rashi says, V'chai bahem la'olam haba. You will live with these mitzvahs in the world to come. With these mitzvahs you shall live the eternal life. The Chavetz writes that the meaning is meant to be taken very literal, which means that these mitzvahs will give you life. Now, not just that you will earn olam haba as a result of these mitzvahs, but you'll actually live from these mitzvahs. And he explains, that every limb that we have, we have arms, we have legs, we have a heart, a mouth, eyes, they all need nourishment to live on this world. When we eat, our bloodstream carries the nutrients, the proteins, carbohydrates to every part of the body and it feeds them. In Alam Haba as well, our spiritual self has all the same components as our physical self. In the next world, we're going to have eyes, ears, arms, and legs. And how are they nourished? They're nourished through the mitzvahs we have kept in this world. The mitzvahs we do with our mouth and eyes nourish those parts of the body. The mitzvahs we do with our hands and feet nourish that part of the body. If we do mitzvahs, we literally live from that in the next world. That's what gives us sustenance. It gives nourishment to all the different spiritual parts of our body. And if we are missing mitzvahs, then that limb doesn't get its nourishment and is either weak, sickly, or dead in the next world. It's crippled. So that's the importance of every single mitzvah that we have the ability to keep. Every single mitzvah that we have the ability to obtain, we have to run and try to do those mitzvahs and try to do them as best as we can because that's very simple. Very simply put, is the food for our body in the next world. The Chavetz Chaim says further, we say in Birchus Kriyoshma, Ahavas Eilam, is actually said at night, if you have Marav, Ahavas Eilam Beis Yisrael Amucha Ahavta, Torah, Ahavas means you love, you Hashem, 
you love us a, a eternal love. And because you love us an eternal love, you gave us taira, mitzvahs, chukim, and mishpatim. You taught that to us. So he explains this means that because Hashem loves us with an eternal love, He therefore gave us the ability to live forever. And so to speak, we can spend time with Hashem forever and ever. But how? How, how do we live forever? How can we live forever? Only through keeping Tyre and Mitzvah, our spiritual self can live on forever. Because Tyre and Mitzvah are simply the food for ourselves forever. So that's what this means. Since you love us, an eternal love, you gave us the means to live forever. And that's why you taught us all those things. This gift that Hashem gives us is something which only Hashem can give. Chavetz Chaim again writes that if a soldier truly gives his life in his, to his service and performs many acts of heroism, what does he get? He's awarded a medal, and perhaps that's the highest honor possible. But after all said and done, what's a medal? It's a piece of metal. There's nothing much more than that that can, can be given to the soldier because we're mortal. But Hashem gives us something eternal. And the Pasuk says, Hashem is lahanchul ayhave yesh. Hashem gives to those who love him yesh. What does yesh mean? Yesh means something. The Rambam explains that only what Hashem gives can be called yesh, can be called something, because what he gives actually lasts forever. It's actually something something real, something eternal. This is what Hashem gives us. He gives us eternal life and sustenance so that we can continue to enjoy His presence. Chavot Chaim gives another mashal about the importance of being midaktek in mitzvahs, seeing that we know all the halachas correctly so that we can perform these mitzvahs perfectly. He says, someone goes to purchase a suit from a tailor. The tailor displays a beautiful suit. The man begins to inspect it. He really likes it. The fabric is good quality. It's beautiful color. The cut is perfect. It fits him like a glove. So he asks about the price. It's a little steep, but it's worth it. Okay, he goes to the suit, wants to give it a final inspection, turns it around, turns over the sleeve, and then he notices in one elbow there's a hole. He shows it to the tailor, and the tailor's horrified. So the tailor says, you know what? I'll lower the price. The man agrees, thinks about it, and he says, you know what? I'll buy it half price. So the tailor's shocked. He says, one hole, and you want to have the price? The pants are on good quality. The suit is mostly good. It just says one hole. So the man says, no, no, you're right. Essentially, I only want to lower the price $1 for that hole. So the tailor now is confused, but he just wanted half price. So the man says, let me explain. If I were to wear this only once and risk being embarrassed by the hole in my elbow, that's $1, and I'll take it for my embarrassment. But I'm going to wear this suit every day for a year or for two years, every single day. And I'm risking embarrassment every single day. So I need to deduct a dollar for each day of embarrassment I'm going to receive from this hole. So the Chavad Chaim says that the mitzvahs will close us as well in the world to come. And if we aren't careful with their halachas, then there's going to be holes in our clothing. And that's the clothing we wear forever. So that's the importance of the Chaybahem, very, very literally taken. The Chaybahem is what gives us life in the next world. It will give us clothing. And that's the importance of doing every mitzvah we have the ability to do and trying to do it as perfectly and carefully, carefully as possible. Another approach to the Chaybahem, live with mitzvahs, means that we should draw life from mitzvahs, meaning we should find our excitement, interest, and life in mitzvahs. And, and more than that, we should realize that mitzvahs are the life. Yaakov Galinsky Zetzal tells that he was once invited to speak in a shul. Before he began, he was approached by a person, and he could tell that 
this person wasn't a congregant in that particular shul. His demeanor and his dress clearly indicated that he didn't belong in that particular shul. He was dressed, you know, like, like someone secular. And he had a, a yarmulke, which was clearly, you know, taken from the, the box, pushed the top of his hair. So he was, he was. He told them that sure enough, he was not a religious person. He was a reporter for one of the re- newspapers in Israel. And would he mind if he interviewed some of the people after this year? So Rashid Glimsky replied, "I'm not in charge here, but you can ask one of the board members of the shul. I have no problem with that." So after this year, he saw that the, the reporter approached the person and he asked him, uh, "Sir, are you a Balchuva or are you from from birth?" So the person replied, "Oh, I'm a Balchuva." The reporter then asked him, who do you think will merit a bigger portion in the world to come? I guess this is only something you can get away with in Eretz Yisrael. So he said, would you, a Balchuva or a Bachar learning in Bnei Brach? So Yaakov Galinsky assumed that he'd answer that I, a Balchuva, will merit a greater person because Makam Shabalachuva Aimdim, Afil Tzadik and Gemurim and Yechayim Lamay, the place where Balachuva stands, even a great Tzadik can't attain. So he assumed that would be the natural answer that he would answer him. But the man answered, no, certainly the Bachar Menebrach will have a greater portion in the world to come. So the reporter asked him, explain yourself. So the man said, the Bachar Menebrach never experienced a life or the life of the world outside. So he still thinks that maybe there is something out there. Maybe they're having much more fun. Maybe they're enjoying life. And I'm giving up to be able to sit and learn. So he feels it as a challenge, a test, to be able to sit and learn. But I, I experience everything out there, and I know how empty and meaningly, meaningless it is and how low society can sink. I know that there's nothing that can be compared to the life of the Torah. And for me, there's no challenge at all. This is the life. And lastly, the concept of a Chaybahem means that through our mitzvahs, we bring life to the whole world. As we say in Davening, the Olam placed the life of the whole world in our hands within us through our kiyam, learning of Torah and our kiyam of mitzvahs. So the concept of a Behem means number one, we literally give ourselves life, all our limbs and parts of our body life in the world to come. That's what gives them sustenance and that's what's our clothing in the world to come. That's our internal the eternal life is obtained through Torah and mitzvahs. Secondly the Behem means we need to realize that this is the life. This is only thing that is truly worth living for. And lastly, the concept of the Chaybahem means that through our misses we bring life to the whole world. The whole world's life is dependent on our Kim Torah and Kim of Mitzvahs. Have a good night and a great Shabbos.